Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Michigan man, today is for you. Actually, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, all the other Wolverines in Wolverine country, you did it. We did it! We did it! You did it. We did it! We did it! You see, Michigan man, you always believe everything is all about you. Except for once, you were actually correct. The college football season actually was all about you. From that first three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh to the second three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh, all the way through Jim Harbaugh up on that podium last night, sitting next to the CFP trophy, proclaiming his innocence. You see, the bottom line for the Michigan men is that they are national champions for the first time since 1997. Nobody will ever be able to take that away from you, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child. Now, the NCAA damn well may try, but they'll never be able to snatch the feeling that you have this morning or the night that you had last night and what you just experienced and what you just lived through or the season that you just experienced overall, a season that I've been calling the magical season of scandal for months. And it really was just as magical in the end as it was scandalous. You see, Michigan man, I do have something positive to say about you. It really was as magical in the end as it was scandalous. You see, I'm not going to take anything away from this team because they were clearly the best team in the country this season. They earned that. Now, having said that, they also earned all their own adversity, which they did successfully overcome. What I'm saying is this. Michigan earned everything that they got this year, the good and the bad. And in the end, the good is going to outweigh the bad because they got their natty, and they deserve their natty. Michigan was dominant last night. They played like... Connor Stallions, in person, scouted every single Washington game all year long. Almost like that guy had, in his own possession, their playbook. Frankly, this team is so good, I don't even understand why they felt the need to cheat in the first place. Just messing with you, Michigan man. Relax. Sort of. I mean, reality is, nobody thinks that some stolen signs or signals were the difference in that game last night. Reality is, Michigan did open up a whole can of whoop-ass on the Huskies last night. Washington, frankly, was lucky they were even in that game. They were lucky to hang in that game because that game was over after the first quarter. That game was way closer than it should have been. That game stayed within one possession for way, way, way too long. And even so, it never really looked like Washington was about to make a breakthrough or seriously push the Wolverines or even make that a game, even though it was a one-score game, even though they had the ball to start the second half. It looked more like Michigan played the entire game with 14 dudes on the field. And the Huskies were just essentially hanging on for dear life. Now, Michigan might not have played their best game. However, Washington might have played their worst game. In fact, I'm not sure there's any might about that. That was the worst game that Washington played all season. Bad time to have a bad game. 
I think it was the worst game that they possibly could have played, at least as far as the offense is concerned. I'm not sure that offense could possibly look any worse or any more overwhelmed than it did for the entire game. Maybe it was foolhardy to think that Michael Penix Jr. could have that same performance he had against Texas again last night. Maybe. You know, maybe Michael Penix Jr. did not bring any big Penix energy. Big Penix energy. He's going to bring that big Penix Good dude. Good quarterback. Great story. A lot of grit. But you know what he brought last night more than anything else? Big NFL backup energy. I mean, I've just never seen that guy like that. I've never seen that guy miss so many open receivers. His timing seemed off. He got beat the hell up. And by the end of the game, he looked like he was just about ready to tap out. I know he made it very clear, I am not leaving the field. I'm not going to abandon my teammates. I'm going to be there with them and finish it with them. But my man looked like he was ready to tap out. He didn't. He didn't. But he got the hell beat out of him. Now, the Washington defense didn't fare all that much better. Yes, it kept them in the game. Yes, after they made adjustments. But man, that game did seem over one quarter in. That was a horrifying start. And if they didn't adjust, Michigan may have hung 70 on them. Or 170. The Wolverines had seven or 174 yards rushing on nine carries in the first quarter alone. 19.3 yards per carry. That's not good. That's below not good. I mean, the reality of that game is Michigan should have never needed to even throw a single pass to win that game last night. They could have handed off every single play and still won that game last night. In fact, they probably would have had an easier time if they just handed off every single play. They didn't even need crying Sharon Moore last night. All they needed was Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I guess what I'm saying in effect is Michigan did play with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Michigan brought the offense. Michigan brought the defense. Michigan even brought the we-fence. It's a we-fence. The self-anointed America's team are now, once again, national champions. And frankly, they deserve it. They do. Now, of course... I don't really understand anything that Harbaugh had to say after the game. Generally, I don't understand anything that he has ever said dating back to his ill-fated smack-off attempt. And that holds up after last night. I mean, that last night, I understand that was a big night for him, but he was making even less sense than he normally doesn't make. Starting with that touching ode to confetti. It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down. It's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. Like, what is that dude talking about? What's he even talking about? What's he ever talking about? And I'm serious. I'm not here to hate. I'm not. I'm not hating. I am not here to hate. I am here to try to understand. Why is every day like smack-off day for this dude. What's he going in on and going on about the confetti? 
that there's a story in every one of the pieces of confetti falling. There is? It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down, it's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. I mean, my man just climbed the mountain after years and years and years of trying. He had one foot out the door at one point. Yet he got to the top of the mountain. He won that national championship. And the very first thing that he says into a microphone is this. Thousands of confetti tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. What story? What story could confetti possibly tell? What has the confetti seen, Jimbo? Like, what, what story could the confetti tell? Is the confetti like, you know, I was once actually the front page of a newspaper, and then somebody cut me up and dropped a little dye on me, and now I'm just a little piece of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. Do you know what I had to overcome as this piece of confetti to fall from the rafters and land on the ground? The amazing blue confetti. What? What secrets... Are the confetti keeping? Does the confetti know something about Connor Stallions that the rest of us don't know? What? Anyway, par for the course. Confetti worship aside, his answer about overcoming all the self-inflicted adversity was almost as strange as him saying that there is a story in every piece of confetti. We're innocent. And, and we stood, we stood strong and tall, because we knew we were innocent. And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent. And yeah, overcome that. Um, it wasn't that hard because we, we knew we were innocent. So, quick question: Why is Old Trapper beef jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business, a family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody. The entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? And, yeah, overcome that. Um, it wasn't that hard because we, we knew we were innocent. Was the confetti innocent? Hey, look, I'm not trying to bag on this guy. I'm not. Amazing blue confetti. I really am not. I'm just trying to live in reality. And Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, Michigan dog, Michigan pet, here's some reality for you. Harbaugh 
accepted a three-game suspension from the Big Ten. He had a chance to fight it in court, but didn't. Instead, he dropped that lawsuit. And then the very next day, he fired his linebacker's coach, suddenly. And oh, by the way, there are photographs of Connor Stallions in disguise on an opponent's sideline during the season, who was a salaried member of the Michigan staff at that time of those photos, all the way up to the moment that he suddenly resigned in the chaos of that scandal breaking. What I'm saying is, none of these things are consistent with the pure innocence that he's up there demanding they have. They're just not. Now, I'm not saying, notice what I'm not saying. I'm not rushing in to hang an asterisk on this win. Because frankly, asterisks don't actually exist. They don't really mean anything. But what happened, happened. And it is part of the story. So, of course, questions about the adversity were not the only questions that Harbaugh didn't want to hear about. Of course, he also did not want to hear about questions regarding his future either. Even though all my dude Andy Staples asked was to get his response if he would like to add a Super Bowl to his list of accomplishments, which Andy, I thought, was pretty clever on your part. I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh... I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> Can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, what's the future? Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, hope there's a tomorrow, a day after tomorrow, you know, a next week, a next month, a next year. My man, I got such good news for you. I have such good news for you. I guarantee there is going to be a tomorrow. I can all but guarantee there's going to be a day after tomorrow. You know what? I'm pretty damn sure there's going to be a next week. And a next month. A next year. And a next year. I mean, what a relief, right? You're welcome. You're welcome. Here's the thing, Jim. The reason why people are suspicious about what's next is because you keep trying to jump to the NFL. Because you hired an NFL agent. Because you still haven't signed that extension that Michigan offered you that is sitting on your desk. Even Ward Manuel was going around last night acknowledging that the NFL interest is real. So don't blame us. The only reason this narrative exists is because you have been leaning hard into it for years now. Can a guy have that? Yes, you can have that. But don't think that somebody's not going to ask you about your future. There's a good reason why everybody assumes that you're about to walk off on this win and head right back to the NFL. And the reason is, it definitely looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. And again, that's not hating. That's not trying to diminish what you just accomplished. That's not trying to take anything away from this guy. That's just the reality of where this has been heading all along. I just want to enjoy this. I know you do. Listen, we don't even have to dwell on what you're going to do next right now. Today, we can give Michigan man, and way more importantly, Michigan team, Michigan team, the credit that they deserve and the credit that they have earned. And I'm not going to go all hail to the cheaters. And I'm not even going to work 
to go with Mark in Boston's Cheating Works. Cheating Works. In the end. I love it. In the end, championships are earned on the field. And there's no doubt that Michigan earned theirs on the field. So here's to you, Michigan man. Here's to you, Michigan woman. Here's to you, Michigan child. Here's to you, Michigan dog. The magical season of scandal. Might have had plenty of scandal, but in the end, it had even more magic. You can't deny it. Best team in the country. Amazing blue confetti. As far as the Pac-12 in Washington, you hate to see the Pac-12 go out like that. I've always honked for the Pac-12, but on some level, great year, but see you wouldn't want to be you. Washington got an early Big Ten welcome. Michigan dropped a big, fat hospital job <laughs> gift basket on Huskies Nation's doorstep with a little note saying, welcome to the party, pal. See you in September, XOXO. And now that the CFB season is over, I can't wait to follow all the news, fake and real, where people try to track Harbaugh's every single moment. Is he on a plane to San Diego? Was he seen at a hotel on the Vegas Strip? Was he having drinks with David Temper Tepper? I just want to enjoy this. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly. How do you like that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you do have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, and you do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Greg McElroy, my man, you are everywhere. Dude, I appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Big day, big day. Big day, big day. Appreciate you. So, my man, you were in the building last night with one of the best seats in the house. I'm curious first, what was your overall reaction to what you saw and what were your biggest takeaways from last night? Well, I mean, it was just, it won the game is a lot closer than the final score would indicate. A play or two here or there, and it completely shifts it. But it just goes to show you when you're playing against a team like Michigan, you cannot miss. You know what I mean? They are that good. That if you have a freebie, if they bust the coverage, if they have an open receiver, you have to hit those plays because you're just not going to be able to weather the storm if you miss big opportunities. And Michael Penix, really the first time in quite a while, 
missed some guys that were open downfield last night. And there were opportunities for Washington to get back in the game, two in particular, that really jump out. Get a dropped pass by the running back on third down, would have easily picked up the first down to the right flat. And then they had a holding call that I thought was really a terrible call. It was a really well-officiated game, but one terrible call in the game that eliminated the 40-yard game by Roma Dunze down the right sideline. If those two things happen, I mean, the game at that point, 20-13, to 13, and we're cooking with gas in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and we're going to have what might be an all-time great finish, but uh, it wasn't to be. And, and Michigan was the most complete team. They were the better team last night and were deserving champions after a uh, 15-0 season. Agreed. Greg McElroy is joining us. I mean, Greg, you knew Michigan was going to look to establish the run early on, but did you have any idea they'd have the kind of success that they did right from the jump and just blow Washington right off the ball the way they did? Well, I, I was shocked by that. You know, Jim, if you look at Michigan and you really kind of get down into the weeds and allow me to go there for a moment, defenses hold up okay in the first 40 to 45 snaps. First 40 to 45 snaps, like you, they're okay. you can hold up against them. But when you get past 45, the defensive efficiency is off the charts, how it just completely drops off and it just completely wear you down. So I thought Washington would hold up early. And then in the fourth quarter, that's when we find out whether or not you know, we separate the men from the boys. And they were so out of position early. I couldn't believe a team that's that well coached was so unsound in their run fits. I mean, the linebackers were a mess. They were all over the place. They were, they were not in the same position. The defensive line was going one way. The linebackers going another way. I mean, it was really, really poorly executed defensively. The moment just got too big for them on the first two drives defensively. But, hey, you got to give Michigan credit, too. I mean, they found those creases. I mean, it's one thing for those creases to be there. It's another thing to find them. And Michigan found them not once but twice. But, really, I mean, they had four 35-yard gains in the first quarter alone. So Michigan took advantage of mistakes, and, and on the other side, Washington didn't. So that was why the game went the way it went. But it was an ideal start for the Wolverines, and they were kind of allowed to dictate the game from that point forward as they get to a 14-3 lead early. And Donovan Edwards, no less, not Blake Corum. Blake Corum obviously got going and finished that game for them. But to see Donovan get off the way he did with those two giant runs, that really set the tone. Greg McElroy is joining us. Hey, Greg, back to Penix for a minute. He's had an amazing college career. We know this. But clearly he was out of sorts last night. He missed a wide-open receiver on a blown fourth-and-seven play in the second quarter through a pair of picks. How much of that was a result of Michigan's defense? And then how much of that came down to Penix? simply having a bad night at a bad time? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I mean, he was definitely off the mark by his standards. Now, let's be real, Jim. Like, I mean, his standards are pretty unreasonable. <laughs> he had come into that game last night completing 54% of his passes that travel more than 30 yards downfield. I mean, that is unheard of. Even at the NFL level, I mean, passes to travel 30 yards or more downfield, I mean, a good number, a good number statistically is like one out of three, you know, maybe two out of five if you're really dealing. And he's completing north of 50%, actually up to 54. So he, he doesn't miss those throws, but I think he was seeing ghosts last night. And you've got to give tremendous credit to the defensive staff of Michigan. They were able to mix looks. They were able to over – Kind of, they didn't have to blitz a lot. They brought five. They brought six on occasion. 
But a lot of times they just brought four, but they knew where the protection was going to be sound and they overloaded the protection. So there was oftentimes an unblocked defender that was breathing fire and Penix would have to move. He'd have to get off the spot. He took a lot of hits. And as a result, it really affected his accuracy. So uh, they had a tremendous defensive plan. It, it was so well executed defensively. I can't even tell you how well executed it was. The coverage was amazing. The tackle the tackling in the open field was amazing, too. I mean, there were several instances where Jalen McMillan, a great wide receiver who's excellent yards after the catch, and he's out one-on-one. If he misses one tackle, Will Johnson made the tackle. If he misses it on a third down, he's out the gate. He might score. And they just always seemed to step up and make the play last night. So it was a remarkable, decent performance, but without question. I mean, Penix... He missed some layups, man, and it's just not something you're just used to seeing with a guy that's just that deadly accurate. No, I agree with you. Greg McElroy joining us. So, Greg, bottom line, we know the better team won. The better team won, without question. Let me ask you this, though. With Jim Harbaugh being suspended for six games this season and the NCAA continuing its investigation of that sign-stealing scandal, how do you personally, you personally view this title? Do you think it's tainted in any way? I think it's a very popular question, Jim, and I, I think there are a lot of people that will view it like that. Like it's tainted, it, it comes with an asterisk. I personally don't. I've always thought, and this goes back to my time in college, NFL, high school, you name it, you steal our signals, that's on us. Like I think Michigan, if anything, if anything, I actually have increased the level of respect I have for their program with what they had to endure this year. Now, that's going to sound crazy because it just is so counterintuitive, but I think most guys that played know that when your coach isn't there for six games and it doesn't affect your performance, that's a remarkable thing for 18- to 22-year-old kids to compartmentalize and not allow them to deter from the task at hand. So, I, if anything else, I know some people look, people are going to feel the way, want, the way they want to feel. Um, I happen to think the sign stealing thing is bogus. I think it's completely ridiculous. I've kind of felt like that from the beginning. I don't even think it gives you that much of a competitive advantage. And the only people that are saying that are the ones that Michigan beat. Um, but at the same time, man, like this team had to deal with a lot of scrutiny, and it did not affect their performance at all. So if anything, I actually would probably increase the level of respect I have for them given what they had to endure. Greg McElroy joining me for another moment or so. Greg, what about the Washington standpoint? So they're going into the Big Ten, and Penix is heading to the NFL. Where does that leave them? In other words, they had a window. Do they still have that window, or did the window close? Well, this group is comprised of nine six-year seniors. Um, they have a lot of veteran guys that are gone. I mean, you lose your top receiver, possibly your top two, possibly your top three. You lose your quarterback. You're going to lose a handful of guys along the offensive line. You lose a handful of guys defensively, including the edge rusher, Braylon Trice. Uh, Keelan DeBoer, their head coach, is the real deal. I mean, he is a a terrific, terrific up-and-coming big-time college football coach. But uh, I think they're coming back to earth in a big way next year. And it's partly because last night exposed a few things. The Big Ten is all about the line of scrimmage. If you can't win the line of scrimmage, you got no shot. That's why Iowa, for as putrid as they are offensively from time to time, they find a way to 8, 9, 10 wins every year because they're really good at the line of scrimmage. So the Big Ten it really comes down to how you play in the trenches, and there's still a gap right now between Michigan 
Ohio State, Penn State to an extent, and the rest of the teams that will be joined. That includes SC, that includes Oregon, that includes Washington. I do think in time those teams will catch up, but I, will think, I do think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve as they get into the new league. He is a former quarterback from Alabama, 2007 to 2010. Won the 2010 BCS National Championship. He was on the call last night for ESPN and in the house. Greg McElroy, my guest, dude. With all with all sincerity, I know how busy you are. Thanks for making time for us once again. Always good to have you, Greg. Appreciate you so much. Man, it means a lot to always be able to visit you, too, man. You're the best, and I appreciate you so you much. You too, dude. Same. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Need a little help? O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. Need advice? We've got advice. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Exceptional customer service. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so if ever there was a topic that was built to jump a day in the jungle. It's Jameis Winston going rogue on Dennis Allen and faking a kneel down to get his buddy a tutty. I mean, yes, to me, it's still incredible. It's still incredible 48 hours later. You know why it's still incredible 48 hours later? It will always be incredible. And if you thought another 24 hours was going to sober anybody up or make anybody on the Saints regret it, or apologize for it, then you thought all wrong. Because the Saints are apologizing for absolutely nothing. And they're doubling down on it, which somehow makes it even funnier. They're leaning in. Now to recap, they tried to ask Dennis Allen, the head coach, if they could run that play at the end of the game. If you missed it for whatever reason, you've been under a rock, the game was over, it was a beatdown, it was a blowout of one of their arch rivals, and Dennis Allen sent Jameis Winston in for victory formation to knee it out and end the game. They said, hey coach, can't we get Jamal a TD? He doesn't have one yet. And they said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. So they run onto the field, they huddle up, and they decide to do it anyway. In other words, the players overruled the head coach. Then You don't see that very often. The players overruled the head coach. Then the head coach came out for the post game and said the play was, quote, not acceptable. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Okay. Well, know this, coach. Your team overruled you again yesterday. Because it seemed like the Saints all came out to make sure that the entire world knew that it absolutely was acceptable. That it is the way they operate. The rest of the Saints wanted the world to know that they agree with me. That that play was arguably the greatest thing ever. My dude Cam Jordan. All right, now there's a guy that everybody admires. Everybody respects. Cam Jordan. He supported Jameis on the X by saying he was uplifting a teammate. Emotional Derek Carr was asked if he was concerned with the overrule and undermining of the head coach. And he said he actually was not emotional about it at all. He said he had no concern about it and that the players want to take care of their own guys. And sometimes there's just not much that the coaches can do about that. Hey, which, by the way, is true. That is true. 
In this case, there wasn't a damn thing that Dennis Allen could have done about it short of running onto the field and kneeing it out himself. That's a big reason to me why this is so hilarious. It was the last play of the season. Jameis is in the last year of his contract, which means there wasn't a damn thing that Dennis Allen could have done to stop that. Except not send Jameis out there to take a knee that you knew he didn't want to take and was never going to take. Like, in other words, Dennis, my guy, how did you not know that was going to happen? You're going to ask Jameis Winston, of all guys, to go out there for only one play, to knee it out, out of respect to a hated rival when they're on the one-yard line and there's a free touchdown to be had. Jameis Winston was just going to do that. On what planet, in what world, the hell he was. To paraphrase my dude, Evil Knievel, do you know who the hell he is? You know who the hell I am? Who the hell Jameis is? But that wasn't all the praise that Jameis got. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, also tweeted their support. Xed it. Juwan Johnson called him his favorite teammate ever. Even former teammates were coming out of the woodwork to back this guy, like Mark Ingram. Check this out from at Mark Ingram II. Quote, Jameis Winston is a real one. True professional, selfless, and an extremely hard worker. This notion that he went rogue is trash. If anything, it shows the love that he has for his teammates. He is my brother. One of my favorite teammates. Brother. You are better after spending time with Jabu. Hey, here's the other thing. Why is nobody talking about this? He didn't call his own number. He didn't call his own number. He didn't get himself the six. He didn't do the Trevor Lawrence reach over. He didn't call his own number. He wanted to get somebody else the tutty. So I don't doubt any of what I'm hearing. The notion that he went rogue is not trash. It's what happened. What's trash is thinking that he did it on his own. They did all want it. At first he said, hey, you got a problem with me? You got a problem with the whole team because the whole team wanted it. And initially I did say, hey, Jameis, I mean, I know 11 guys wanted it, but the whole team? But a day later, it sounds like the whole team wanted it, which makes it even more hilarious. It's one of the greatest things ever. They all went rogue. It's not trash, the notion. It's actually true. They did go rogue. They undermined their head coach. Hell, they didn't undermine him. They disrespected him and ignored him. They did whatever the hell they wanted. He said after the game right away, this is unacceptable. And then they overruled him and disrespected him again, saying, no, he did the right thing. It's so incredible. These guys are saying, not only did he do the right thing, he's my favorite teammate ever. More than one person, reputable guys, likable guys, respectable guys said, you don't get it. This is my favorite teammate ever. 
He's a great leader. He puts in the work. Jimmy Graham said it. And Jimmy Graham also said, F the Falcons. Let's not forget, the two sides hate each other. So I don't point out to say that I've got a problem with this. Just the opposite. I point out that it's incredible. I said it yesterday, and I'm saying it again right now. It's amazing. It was an incredible thing. Look, I know, I know some of you were rubbed the wrong way by it. I know not all of you were on board with me yesterday for thinking that it was so funny and the best thing ever. I had a night to sleep on it. And it's even funnier today than it was yesterday. I had a night to sleep on it, and it's even better today than it was yesterday. So I just want to let you all know that I am not alone on this. The entire Saints locker room seems to be with me. And if any of them objected to it, I haven't heard it yet. None of them have stepped forward to say, you know what, Coach is right. We can't have that. It's like everybody who's ever played with Jameis is with me. Just like Jameis said after the game, if you disagree with me on this, you're not just disagreeing with me, you're disagreeing with the entire team. And you know, I shouldn't even paraphrase the legend. The dude can speak for himself. Listen to some of this genius. When he was approached by the media, the old school, old head media, and said, dude, what was that all about? Here's how he explained it. Alvin, can you indulge me? Well, I apologize to DA because the play was was victory. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. And uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective. So I I, I give him that. Yeah. But D, DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. You know, like. It, yeah. So if 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 we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know. So uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not not in. <laughs> no, uh, but it was it was a, it was an offensive mean, team stop discussion. It, stop uh, however, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line, and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity, and uh, and we decided. Do you think it's the kind of thing though that is forgotten fairly quickly, or you know hopefully I mean? not? I, I think it should be forgotten, especially when the score is already forty-one seventeen. Uh, so I, my I don't man, know my how, man, let me jump in. See now, a lot of what he says is really funny. He's like, it should be forgotten. The score was already forty-one to seventeen. My man, that's why it's never going to be forgotten because the score was already forty-one to seventeen. But again, I'm fine with it. It was hilarious. Now, that said, I understand why Arthur Smith was not fine with it. I understand why the Falcons were not fine with it. Calais Campbell, I mentioned it yesterday, Calais Campbell reportedly said to them when they lined up or right before they lined up, hey, are you guys going to run it in? Are you going to run it in or are you going to go in victory formation? And either they lied or they said nothing. But that... <laughs> Again, this is what makes the whole thing so hilarious to me. They were so intent on getting their guy a tutty. But they didn't line up and run it in. They deked them. They deked them to get him his tutty. And they made it sound like, hey, send that ball to Canton. That was a really significant touchdown. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm the only one in the room with a sense of humor. It was hilarious. It was so funny. It's still so funny. I mean, I came out of that saying to myself, we have a horse that we have to name. I may name that horse Famous Jameis. Don't act like you clones wouldn't all of a sudden be excited about and interested in horse racing if I named our jungle racing horse, our colt, 
Famous Jameis. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. In market, on topic, with a stoner, Nooch. Nooch, what's up? Romy, I know I have a history of being a stoner, but I'm actually making my first phone call to the jungle sober mm. today. Okay, um, how's that? Hey, yo, how's that feel? I don't like it. I'm more nervous than usual. My hands are kind of shaking. Normally, I just flow with it, but now I'm like all tense. I understand why I'm a lot of these dudes flame out. Uh, real, I'll make this quick and get out. See, look, there's an unspoken rule in New Orleans, and I don't care if you're talking about football or roaming the French Quarter. I'm going to do me, and you do you. And here's the thing. Beating the Falcons isn't quite enough, okay? When Atlanta, when, when, when we're playing Atlanta, it's about disrespecting the Falcons. And if Dennis Allen isn't going to get on board with that, he needs to join the rest of the NFL head coaches and find a new job because at the end of the day, the buzz around the city – it's not that, oh, I can't believe they did that to Dennis Allen. No, 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 no. It's screw Atlanta. Hey, Atlanta, tell me how my ass tastes. I'm out. Hey, Nooch, nice job, dude. I'll tell you what, man. You know what? You might be fine without the cron. I'm not judging the cron. I'm just saying, if there's a reason why you call today for the first time sober, if there's a reason why you call today for the first time not baked and that you're trying, dude. You did great. Let's go to Portland. Jim in Portland. You are first up. What's going on, Jim? Hey, what's up, Romy? What's up, dude? I've listened to you since April 96. I missed like 50 shows. Thanks, Terrence, for the intro. Like 5,200 shows, 15,000 hours, 90,000 times I've heard you say that phone number. You think I could remember it? However, you finally crossed the line, Rome. I'm never listening again. I think on the podium is not an appropriate place to ask, where are you going next? Weak-ass journalism, reporting, come up with something new or creative. Let's talk about it the next day. Let them have their moment. All right. A couple things here, Jim. Sorry, sorry to lose you after 9 million hours over that take. Of all the things that I've said... That would cause you to never listen to me ever again. That's hilarious. My man, thanks for everything. Nice knowing you. Don't let the door hit you. See you tomorrow. That's not what was asked. That was not what was asked. It was a softball. It was cute. It was clever. It was my man Andy Staples saying, would you like to win a Super Bowl? By the way, we already know the answer to that. He's on record as saying that he would like to win a Super Bowl. And when you say to me, hey, Rome, I've listened to you since 1996. I've logged eight zillion hours. Fair. Okay. Have you watched even five minutes of sports? Let's go to Clearwater. Mike in Clearwater. Good to have you. Mike, how are you? Hey, Jim. How's it going? You know, I've been listening since the mid-'90s, too. I went to your uh, Tampa tour stop, you know. In, in, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, long-time listener, probably a gazillion hours. 
Man, I've had so many reasons to not listen to you and block you. I mean, you know, you always making fun of Hall and Oates and saying that you don't like jazz. You know, and I stuck with those tough times for all those years, man. I just want to say that Michigan guy's a real kook for not hanging in there, man. Have a great day. See ya. Rack him. See, this is what I love. Rack him. So this guy just said, hey, man, I've been with you through thick and thin. And believe me, man, you've pissed me off a lot of times. I've had so many reasons to block you. And then I expected like some like polarizing sports take. But that's not what he said. Man, you you hating on Hall and Oates, I should have left you the second you did that. Myrtle Beach, Anthony. Good to have you. Anthony, what's up? <laughs> what's happening, Jim? What's up, dude? Nothing. First time caller. My issue is with the Adams family. They are destroying their franchise, killing this team. I was born an oiler. I'll die a Titan. And they're ripping our hearts right out of us. It's a cold, sad day in Nashville. All I ask is that when we go back to Patriots in 2024, we're going to stomp Rabel's ass in his new coaching facility and do not bring Arthur Smith back to Tennessee. I'm out. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. All right. First things first. This is not a good day for the Titans. Let's go to Cleveland, Jeff. Good to have you on the show, Jeff. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Romy. What's up? What's up? Hey, I'm a Buckeye alum and Buckeye fan for many a years. I'm not going to be like the previous caller and say years. Uh, you just you just broke my heart, though, because that was what I wanted to talk to you about. When you were talking about breathing uh, some fresh air into a program, come on home to your alma mater, Mike. Breathe some fresh air down there so we can get rid of Coach Finesse, I mean, uh, Ryan Day, and re, uh, reinstate the mental and physical toughness that's been missing since Pervin Liar left there. Ryan Day's got a goal, Jim. We will not be able to compete with the team up north as long as Coach Finesse is running the program down there. I'm out. I hear you, my man. Rack him. Here's the thing. Rack him. <laughs> Ohio State, it's not a good day for you. I know it's not. I know it's not. I know watching what you saw last night was not good for you. But then the roller coaster ride takes a different dip. Then you realize you roll out and you see this on the X. Like, hey, Mike Vrabel is available. Vrabel is the answer to all of our dreams and prayers. This is the guy that will bring back the edge. This is the guy that will bring back the physicality that we need. This is a guy that will not allow us to get punched in the mouth. So I don't want to pile on. I'm just being realistic. Like I was being realistic with Michigan man and Michigan woman and Michigan child. I'm just being realistic. Good night, now!